Hello, and welcome to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 183. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. If you are looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, you are in the right place. Today, we are going to talk about a concept called delayed discounting. I don't like that name, but it is what it's called. It's how I was taught it. So that's what we're going to call it. Before we get started, though, I do want to talk about a couple of things. One, meds. If you're on them, be careful making these changes. The changes that I recommend in this podcast of cleaning up your diet, lowering your carbs, doing intermittent fasting, if you choose to do nutritional ketosis, all of those things, if that's what you're doing and you're on meds, understand that you are medicated because of the way that you were previous, previously eating. So if you change the way you eat, your meds will also need to change. And if they don't, you can get very sick. This can be very dangerous. So I always recommend to people to have a good, clear line of communication with their primary care doctor that they can contact them with lowered blood sugars in order to get some guidance on what to do with their meds. Okay. So you need to have that set up before you start making these changes. If not, you may get very sick and you could get like, you could need to go to the ER. I mean, these can be deadly. So um, be very careful with this. Also, before we get started, if you are finding this podcast helpful, if you would please like it and rate it and review it, this gets the podcast in front of more people so that they can get the same help that you are getting. And lastly, follow me on Instagram and Facebook and certainly say hello. Any events that I have coming up are going to be announced there and there's more help there for you if that's what you're interested in. You can um, find me at DelaneMD on either any of those platforms. Um, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel again at Delane MD. Um, this can get you access or this will get you access to the um, podcast before they get dropped in the podcast apps. All right. So let's dig in. Let's talk about delay discounting. So to reverse type two diabetes, it is important to learn the skill of delaying or postponing or ignoring the desire for instant gratification. It's key to success and completion of the process of reversing your type 2 diabetes. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got frogs in my throat. Um, if you ever feel like you can't trust yourself around food or on certain foods, or if you ever worry about losing control, you're likely somebody who is struggling with this concept of instant gratification versus um postponing that instant gratification for the delayed result that you're looking for. If you ever find yourself saying things like this bite won't matter, or I'll start again tomorrow, or I don't need to look up the macronutrient count of this food because I'm sure it's fine. If you ever find yourself saying things like, I better just eat it because I'm going to want it until I do. Or if you ever find yourself just eating things, I don't even know why I'm eating it. I don't even really like that. If this is your experience, I'm really talking to you. This is the concept for you. This concept of delay discounting is what is going on here. So the relief, what's going on in the moment is the relief of not having to do the hard thing in the instant moment overrides the reward of the delayed result that you want in the future. The reward of um, eating the thing in the moment, the instant gratification in the moment overrides the reward of the delayed result that you're wanting in the future. The reward of, or the relief from the discomfort of unmet desire, right? Like, so you have unmet desire, it's uncomfortable and you want relief from that. So you eat the food in the moment, 
that overrides that desire to not be uncomfortable overrides the reward of the delayed results the result that you want in the future and all this happens at the expense of that bigger result so why do we repeatedly choose the result of the instant gratification over the result in the future that's what we're talking about today okay so i want to look at this objectively if you look at it objectively, most of the time we find that the value of the result that is associated with the instant gratification is far less than the value associated with the delayed experience, the delayed result, the delayed gratification. So the value of eating the Snickers bar in the moment, like that value, what you get from it, you get 30 minutes of brain chemistry that makes you feel on fire and fabulous, that 30 minutes is far less value than a lifetime of living healthy, than normalizing your blood sugars, than not having to be on meds, than not having to go to doctor's appointments. It's far, I'm sorry if I said more valuable, the Snickers bar and the instant gratification and the 30 minutes of the dopamine response is far less valuable than all of these things that you want for your health in the future the avoidance of dialysis, the avoidance of amputations, the avoidance of all of these things. That not having those experiences in the future have a far higher value objectively to most humans. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's you. Okay. But certainly <laughs> there are some people who don't have that value and that's totally okay, but I doubt they're listening to this podcast. So I'm going to make the assumption and the given, I'm going to take it as a given that the value of not being sick in the future is far more, you have placed a higher value on that result than you have on the Snickers bar. But in the moment, we make the decision that the value of the Snickers bar is such that it is so much more than the value in the future that we make the decision to eat the Snickers bar. And that's what the discounting is, that we're discounting the value of the outcome in the future for the immediate value of the Snickers bar, Snickers bar, which is far less objectively when we look at it. Even like, if you look at like, I'm gonna live 30 years without being sick and diabetic. I'm gonna get 30 years, like if we look at it objectively, I'm gonna get 30 years of living healthy versus 30 minutes of a great feeling in my brain. Like objectively, the value just isn't there, but we still make this decision, right? So why do we, like, what is happening in the moment that allows our brain to focus only on the instant gratification and not on the long-term gratification? So there was a famous study done. Um, it was the, uh, it's a psychology, it's in the psych psychological literature. It was the Stanford Marshmallow experiment. So this experiment took children and it, there's all sorts of flaws with this experiment, just so we're clear. I just, and I don't even like the outcomes that they looked at, like what they, the conclusions they drew. I'm like, not even interested in that. I'm interested in the recording and the um, literature-based evaluation or recording and documentation of the way that human beings behave because it's just so fascinating to me. So children were presented with two treats, a pretzel or a marshmallow. And then they were asked which one of those two treats they preferred. 
And then they were left in a room alone without the experiment or the person conducting the experiment. They were left in a room alone with the non-preferred treat. So if they said they like marshmallows, they were left in a room with a pretzel. And they were told that if they could wait for the experimenter to return to the room and their given amount of time, which was, I think, 15 minutes, if they could wait for the experimenter to return to the room, they could have their preferred treat. And children were given the option of waiting the 15 minutes. They could also ring a bell and have the experimenter return early to the room. Or they could eat the treat, the, the, the non-preferred treat at the cost of the preferred treat in the future. Okay. So if they chose that middle option of ringing the bell and having the experimenter come into the room early, they also forfeited the preferred treat and could have just the non-preferred treat. So the study outcomes were correlating distraction techniques with the ability to prolong your wait time. And then they were also looking at um, long-term outcomes, grades, SAT and ACT scores, success in college, those kinds of things. So the things that I found was interesting here was that humans, human beings are so averse to delaying the gratification in the future that they would actually eat the non-preferred treat and the instant gratification at the expense of what they actually wanted, at the expense of what their actual preferred treat would be in the future. So does this sound familiar to you? Do you find that you have done this? Like, I want this result of reversing my diabetes so desperately, like I'm willing to do it. In the moment when you talk about it and you think about it, like we're like, yeah, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But the first time that this instant gratification scenario presents itself with a value far less than the result that you want, we end up taking the instant gratification and the less value associated with it at the expense of the greater value of that delayed gratification. So this sacrifice of the bigger, more valuable outcome that is delayed happens because in the moment we are presented with the less valuable outcome, the re instant reward, the instant gratification, we are discounting but what we say to ourselves is that's not as important as this. The marshmallow, for me, of course, I would prefer a marshmallow over a pretzel, but for if you like, you know, savory, you may prefer the, you know, pretzel over the marshmallow, that's fine. But in the moment, like I am going to eat this thing that's in front of me, even though it's not my preference because I cannot wait for the thing in the, disc, in the in the future. We're discounting, like I can't wait for it or it's not that important is frequently what we say to ourselves. It's not that important, I can do it later. Like this is way more important, okay? So how this shows up at our food choices is things like this bite won't matter. This one little bite won't matter. So we're discounting the fact that in the future, when we look at our blood sugars, whether it's our blood sugar in two hours, or A1C in the future, we are saying that that isn't as important as this bite right now, this one bite right now, okay? If you ever hear yourself saying, I'll start again tomorrow, I'll do this work tomorrow, you are discounting the value of getting the results sooner than later because that value is not as important as eating the thing right now. I'll start again tomorrow. If you're ever telling yourself, I don't need to look up the, this is my favorite. I don't need to look it up. I'm sure it's fine. I don't need to look up how many carbs are in this. I'm sure it's fine. You're discounting the value of lower blood sugars that you will see in two hours or the next morning or on your next A1C. You're discounting the value of that 
for the instant gratification in the moment. If you find yourself if you're saying things like, I just find myself eating this. I don't even know why. I don't even really like that. You're discounting the value of the results in the future for the instant gratification in the moment of eating something you don't even like. Okay. So this is a hardwiring thing that happens in our brain. I have a theory on this I'm going to share. It's not necessarily like in any literature. You're not going to hear, you know, read this in any study, but I think it's, you know, it makes sense. It's the theory I run on. But there is hardwiring in our brain that leads us to discount the value of future results when we are presented with an immediate reward. Okay. Even if the immediate reward is of less objective value, so it is less valuable to you. A Snickers bar is less valuable to you than long-term health, like 30 years of living healthy without dialysis and without amputation and without meds. In the moment, we discount the value of those 30 years when we're presented with a much less valuable thing in the form of a Snickers as instant and immediate, instant gratification and an immediate reward. So my theory on this is that the old part of our brain that was developed when life was uncertain, right? When, when our futures were uncertain and death options are like varied and multiple and, and, and real, like on a daily basis, our brain was not interested in looking at the future because the future wasn't promised to us, right? The future may or may not be there. So whatever opportunity you have available to you in the moment, even though maybe the value of that opportunity is less objectively, like if you look at it objectively, it is less valuable in the instant than it would be for something in the future. You just do the thing in the instant because the future is not promised to you. So this is a primitive brain response. I like to look at this like delay discounting as a primitive brain response. It's not one of the prefrontal cortex, right? There are two parts of our brains, the primitive brain, which is older, and the prefrontal cortex, which is newer. The primitive brain just looks at living and getting through life and pro, you know, promoting ourselves, propagating ourselves as a species. And then the prefrontal cortex weighs pros and cons and what's better and what's worse and what should I do? What's going to lead to the longer benefits? The delayed discounting or the choosing of instant gratification is driven by this primitive brain. It's a primitive brain response. It is not something that's passed through our prefrontal cortex where we have to weigh the pros and the cons, the benefits and the consequences of what's going to happen, okay? So how do we get around hardwiring of our brain, especially this hardwiring of our brain? Like, what's the solution? What's the fix? So I coach from a tool that's called the thought model. You've heard me talk about those. There's plenty of podcasts that I've done on this, but I coach from this tool. It's called the thought model. And it's based on psychological principles like cognitive behavioral therapy and theories like confirmation bias. And that's all fine and well. But using this tool, we look at the beliefs and the thoughts that we have that are leading to the results that we're getting. So these thoughts that we have or these beliefs that we have create feelings that drive actions and those actions inevitably give us our results. Okay. So an example from what I had this just recently, I had this last night. I was, um, my, my brain was offering me potato chips while I was watching TV. And well, if not potato chips, let's do popcorn. Well, if not popcorn, let's do nuts. Okay. My brain was offering me the things, my primitive brain, certainly. This was not my prefrontal cortex going, oh, we're going to get such great results from snacking all night long on food that we're not hungry for. Like, that's going to be awesome. My brain was not telling me this. So the thought that I had last night 
that actually I acted, the thought that I was acting from last night was that I don't need potato chips. They're going to make me sleep poorly and they're going to give me weight results I don't want. And that led to a feeling of resolve for me, which led to the action of not eating the chips, not eating the food and just watching TV without snacking. And my result was I slept like a rock last night and my scale stayed in range this morning when I got on the scale. So recognize that was the thought I was practicing in the moment. That was the thought I was using in the moment. And just because I was practicing the thought not eating potato chips will lead to better sleep and results on the scale that I like did not mean that the thoughts, I love potato chips, they are so tasty, was not still in my brain. It didn't mean that I still didn't, that I just didn't want the potato chips. So many times we just sit and wait until we don't want it. It's never going to be the reality. That is not how it works. We don't just override our primitive brain and like suddenly like demolish it and it doesn't exist. That doesn't, that's not how it works. The thought that I love potato chips and they're so tasty and salty is good and crunchy is fun and all of that was still in my brain. It's just not the thought that I am practiced acting from. These hardwired ways of thinking are the same way. This bite won't matter. I'll start again tomorrow. I don't need to look it up. All of those things. They create feelings that drive actions that give you the results of higher blood sugars and not reversing your diabetes. Just because those thoughts are there does not mean that you have to act from them. You can have thoughts in your brain along with other thoughts that create different results. You can have both. In fact, I would offer almost always you do have both, right? But this is where the work comes in. This is what you have to do. I'm going to give you three steps. This is what you got to do. This is where the work comes in. So having the thought. And then figuring out a different thought, right? So for years, I operated from the thought, oh my God, I love chips. They're so tasty. They're salty. They're crunchy. I love them. They're so great. And I operated from that thought when I would sit and watch TV in the evening, okay? I had to figure out a different thought and it took years of going through different thoughts, right? The one that works for me right now that I've really worked on is like, I don't like eating so close to bed. I read a book a few months ago called The Circadian Code, and it talks about how eating can, it, close to bedtime can negatively impact your sleep. And I'm really focused on, I really focus heavily on getting solid sleep. So the different thought that I've come up with, the first step in this, right, is coming up with a different thought. The thought that I use right now is eating that close to bedtime does not serve my sleep. And I don't want to see what the result, I don't want to see that result on the scale in the morning, right? And then you practice. The second step is you practice that thought. So understand, again, please hear me on this. It is not that the thought that chips are tasty is not in my brain. If it wasn't in my brain, I wouldn't have even needed the new thought, right? Like, of course it's in my brain. Of course my brain thinks chips are tasty because chips are tasty. They like do all this neurochemistry in my brain. Of course I think they're fabulous. Yes, chips are fun, but not only fun, right? Also, there's this other part of it. So I have to practice the other part of it, not the thing that I've practiced for so long that it's made me sick with type 2 diabetes, right? Like I need to stop practicing that thought. That one said, I need to practice a new thought. So that's step two. For step one, you figure out a different thought. Step two, you practice it. And then step three is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable with the unmet desire. 
the last night I sat with unmet desire. My brain wanted me to eat chips and gave me desire for chips. Last night I sat saying, hey, desire's here. We're hanging out tonight and I'm not eating chips because I don't like what it does to my sleep and what it does to the scale. And that doesn't mean the desire doesn't, isn't there. Both are there. The resolve to not eat it, the resolve for me to get the sleep and the scale results that I want is there as well as desire. They're both there. And I am big enough to handle both of them. That is the willingness to be uncomfortable with unmet desire. So this practice of delayed discounting, like this practice of telling yourself, I'll start again tomorrow. I don't need to look it up. This one bite won't hurt. That practice, the practiced thoughts of those thoughts that delay discount, right? Like that cause you to discount the delayed gratification. Those thoughts have been practiced and can be unpracticed, but it takes effort to learn how to do it differently. Of course, this is what we do with coaching. This is where coaching helps. So if this, if you know this is the help that you're needing, it's here for you. There is help with this. For women who want to do this work and are ready to invest in the help that they need to do it, that's what my program helps you with. Reach out to me, Delane at DelaneND.com. Set up a time, we'll discuss the program and when you can get started. This is the work that will change your relationship with food and with yourself. Remember, you don't need me to tell you to stop eating chocolate cake. You know that. You need to figure out why you keep eating the chocolate cake, even though it's what's making you sick and cutting years off your life. Reprogramming these thoughts that lead to this delayed discounting, right? That's key. This is what we do in coaching. Coaching is what helps you do this reprogramming. If that's what you're interested in, reach out. If that's what you're interested in, reach out to me. I knew I was missing a word in there. You can find me at Delane at DelaneMD.com. You can find me on Facebook at DelaneMD or on Instagram. Send me a message. I'm happy to help out in any way. If you have any questions about any of this, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will be back next week. Bye-bye.